Chapter Eight of the Night Side of New York by members of the New York Press. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Police Stations. Night in the various police stations of the city is a time of record for crimes, offenses, miseries, and horrors, as various in their kinds as the types of character and occupation that necessarily go to the making up of a great cosmopolitan community it is at night that crime prowls panther-like in the darkened alleys and byways ready ever for a spring upon its unsuspecting prey nor is night in the highways a season merely for the gay throng the busy turmoil of carriages and the dazzling glare of the gas-lit scrolls that blaze over the vestibules of the places of amusement along broadway itself from the battery to far away uptown their flourish dens of crime in which the gambler the rowdy and the harlot of cruel heart carry on nightly their infernal orgies undisturbed until some knife or pistol has done its bloody work then it is at night that the police make their periodical and somewhat spasmodic descents upon the places of ill repute and so it is that night after night the several stations are the scenes of strange and sensational dramas representing phases of life and death in which the actors may be said to belong to all classes of the community let us take a round of the police houses together good reader not necessarily in one night of course but every now and then for a while until we have sifted the grain from many of them our experiences you may depend upon it will not vary materially from those which have fallen in the way of the present writer many a time and oft you may know the police station house at night from a long way off by the great green light that shines over the entrance door the jealous eye as it were that watches over the precinct during the dark hours these establishments vary somewhat in the style of their fittings according to the localities in which they happen to be situated enter some uptown one through the swinging door and you will find yourself in a large and handsome room along one side of which there runs a long counter or desk behind this sits the officer on duty who registers and disposes of for the night all delinquents brought in there is a space on one side of this enclosed with an iron railing painted green and within this the prisoners and complainants take their stand all the woodwork is painted in imitation of oak behind where the officer sits is a bookcase containing several volumes of reference on subjects connected with the laws of the land off this apartment there are several others for the accommodation of the force and cells for the reception of detained prisoners are a necessary feature of the establishment the whole place has a trim well-aired and official appearance though in winter it is too often heated to excess by large stoves some of the station houses in the dirtier wards are not quite such stylish concerns as those in the upper quarters of the city the atmosphere in which they fester seems to have affected their complexions a little and they look mouldy and damp enough for the classes of crime on record in them however there is less to choose between the two than might generally be supposed we enter an uptown station house and find there that the detective attached to the precinct each police precinct has one or two of its smartest officers detailed for detective duty 
has just come in with a prisoner whom he has been after for some time past and whom he spotted to-day while riding in a third avenue car the prisoner is a rather low-sized thick-set man of dark complexion with a black moustache and the rest of his beard in a state of bluish stubble he is well enough dressed but has a seedy hangdog look and the expression of his face is not improved by a very perceptible cast in one of his eyes the complaint against him on the present occasion is that some weeks ago he ingratiated himself with a stranger in the sitting-room of a third-class broadway hotel there are very green people around everywhere and this stranger was one of them for he already not quite sober allowed his newly found companion to treat him to further refreshments at the bar of the house then they went out together to see the city sights and the last thing complainant remembers of the little spree is that he woke up somewhere next morning minus four thousand dollars in bonds and greenbacks his gold watch and some articles of jewelry that were upon his person he says that the prisoner drugged him and that he was still partially conscious when his pockets were rifled prisoner is committed to the cells for to-night to-morrow morning to be taken before the magistrate at one of the police courts the detective knows him and tells us what manner of rascal he is to the profession and the police he is known as a mean thief generally he manages to get lodgings in the house of some widow woman on whom he can readily impose he introduces comrades in rascality there until a portion of the house becomes a rookery of thieves their depredations are for the most part carried on outside though a branch of their operations is to volunteer attending to the hall door by which means they get possession of money letters and parcels addressed to respectable persons occupying the best rooms in the house but what chiefly marks the mean thief as such is that he is capable of defrauding and swindling his brother operators the comrades or pals selected by him are usually young and somewhat inexperienced hands he persuades them to let him retain their share of an operation in order that he may invest it to their advantage then he banks the funds on his own account and when any of the others come down upon him for their plunder he declares himself dead broke and swears that he doesn't know how he spent the money but anyhow ain't a cent of it left in this way many a mean thief has managed to lay up a considerable sum of money though he generally gets rid of it as easily as he made it by gambling or in some equally popular and fashionable way the mean thief is an individual only the class to which he belongs being most often that to which the hotel thief gives a denomination new york fairly swarms with such rascals as these and it would take more than double the number of detectives now in the force to keep a check upon their mysterious and widely ramified operations now a gentleman enters with a very small complaint he lives but a few blocks away and as he was stepping over his threshold found lying upon the steps a man either dead or so drunk as to be entirely unconscious wasn't there a patrolman about the sergeant on duty asks to whom the gentleman could have applied for the removal of the body dead or alive 
not a patrolman to be seen replied the gentleman waited ten minutes and then came around to the station house for help a roundsman is sent out to look after the nuisance and we join the party to learn the manner of proceeding in a case of the kind when we arrive at where the body lies across the steps of a hall door the roundsman gives a certain number of raps with his locust upon the sidewalk flags this very soon brings a patrolman to the spot to whom some objurgatory observations are addressed by the roundsman patrolman expostulates by demanding to know whether he is supposed to be a bird and capable in that character of occupying two places at once now the roundsman examines the body turning it over on its back so that the neighboring gas lamps shed a ray upon the face body grunts under the operation roundsman shakes body saying nary a dead there but drunk as hell guess i'll wake him up with that he takes his locust and applies it briskly in the manner of the bastinado to the soles of the sleeper's feet the effect is electrical the sleeper starts into a recumbent position and says lemme lone the officers lift him up between them he is a big returned soldier on a drunk and bear him to the station house where he is placed in the drunkard's place of detention for the night early in the morning he will be up with several other hard cases before the magistrate at the jefferson market police court there he will be lightly dealt with partly because he is one of the country's defenders and possibly because he has already suffered the loss of his pocket-book containing the arrears of his pay which was hooked from him by some small thief as he lay upon the doorsteps in his drunken sleep dreaming it may be of his decent respectable home among the far-flung new hampshire hills we go you and i together you know to another uptown station-house much resembling in its leading features the last the jealous eye of the green lantern is there and inside we find the bright oaken panels and the green iron railing and the sergeant on duty taciturn and severe there is something going on here but before we can ascertain what the case is a great shuffling of feet is heard upon the steps without and three officers enter bearing the body of a well-dressed man a body dressed in the height of the fashion indeed a body in an elegantly cut black walking-coat trousers of the most fashionable pearly grey stuff with waistcoat to match a body of which the linen is the finest and most expensive that broadway can furnish from its stores a body with a thousand dollars worth of rings upon the fingers of the dead hands belonging to it and with a diamond brooch glittering upon its broad and deep chest a body of which the face is dark purple nearly as dark a purple as the dyed beard with which the dropped chin is fringed a body to which a few minutes ago belonged the accessories now carried alongside of it by one of the officers the fashionable white felt hat with a black band upon it and the heavy gold-mounted malacca cane to many who stroll broadway that body when in the life was familiar constantly during the afternoon hours to be seen standing like a show figure at some corner or more often upon the doorsteps of some hotel a couple of well-known broadway faro-bankers follow the procession 
for the body was one of their craft and was found dead just now of apoplexy in the doorway leading to the hell there is a place here in which the body will be laid away for the night to-morrow the coroner will hold an inquest upon it and the next day it will be dressed up in another expensive suit of clothes minus the jewelry and the hat and the malacca cane and put away by the faro-bankers into the earth and while we are waiting here you and i together for something else to turn up dead or alive i will recount how one sunday night long ago i saw in one of these uptown station-houses a scene that occurs to me just now an officer came in having in custody a very respectable-looking man who seemed somewhat flurried and indignant at the position in which he found himself there was a large following of well-dressed young men germans for the most part the accursed party being the keeper of a well-known german restaurant and a popular host among his numerous customers it was a time when spasmodic efforts were being made by the police to suppress the concert saloon nuisance and the sale of spirituous liquors on sunday was prohibited with blue law zeal and so on that sunday evening the satellite of the law undertook to make a descent upon mine host of the restaurant and investigate keenly the liquor then and there standing before the customers of the house it was mostly lager beer and rhenish wine that appealed to the senses of the officers who tasted as they went in some instances taking a pretty good pull at the tipple too at last they found that of which they were in search a tumbler that had stood before a departed guest and that tumbler was found to have contained rum the landlord had but short shrift accorded to him hardly time indeed to don his coat and hatless if i remember rightly he went the excitement about this capture was intense the indignation both loud and deep every customer who happened to be in the place rallied round the landlord and supported him while the night officer recorded in the great book his name occupation and crime any amount of bail was offered for him on the spot but the night officer was inexorable none could get him out before the morning said he excepting the city judge off a couple of the customers started for the residence of that official but they returned after a long absence only to say that he could not be found and so mine host had his lodging in the cell for the rest of the night they led him to his vile dungeon and laid him upon his mouldy straw and in the morning the magistrate at the neighboring police court disposed of the case summarily by sending the worthy vintner back to his wine casks and so ended a capital illustration of the virtue of sumptuary laws injunction so savory to the nostrils of those who would hang a cat on a monday for killing a mouse of a sunday but here we have another and a far more gorgeous tableau in one of these elegant station-houses at the dead hour of the night three or four carriages come rattling over the pavement and pull up in the glare of the green lantern there is a great bustle without a flutter so to speak as of the unpacking of damaged goods now a sweep and rustle of skirts on the station-house steps the doors are thrown open to their utmost yawn 
for there is unlimited crinoline on the threshold and in their flaunts now a portly dame the ruby ripeness of whose face proclaims that if she has not lived wisely yet she has lived uncommonly well she is attended by a dozen or so of sylph-like creatures whom the officers in escort considerably speak of as the young lady boarders of the establishment over which the rubescent matron presides most of them are very pretty and one or two of them really beautiful young and so fair irreverently the policeman to whom we address ourselves for information tells us that a midnight descent has just been made upon a mall crib as he calls the boarding-house of the portly dame and that we see before us the net proceeds of the hall observe the self-possessed manner of nearly every one of the bevy under what might naturally be considered trying circumstances for young lady boarders of such ethereal fibre in the bustle caused by their arrival a drunken sailor who had been brought in by a patrolman is left to himself for a moment and pitching forward he strikes his head against a door-jamb with violence and falls senseless to the floor where he lies prostrate a ghastly object bleeding from the nose and mouth do the sylphs scream and faint away as the tragic spectacle is unfolded to their eyes not a bit of it they gather up their skirts though so as to avoid imbruing them in the gore and with a graceful sweep each one of them files past poor jack on the floor without so much as a change of color indeed a change of color would involve for most of them a tedious chemical process on account of the calcimining by which alone a blush can now be brought to their cheeks we scan the features of the rubescent queen of the sylphs and wonder where we have seen her before now we have it often of a fine afternoon in central park when the drive is all a whirl with the gay equipages of the upper ten and the shoddy twenty there may be seen in the line a carriage of the heavy drag build drawn by a pair of stately brown horses with silver-mounted harness and white fly-nets to keep the teasers from tickling their well-tended cuticles coachy on the box is absolutely a sight to see either he is an english nobleman in disguise doing the thing for a heavy bet according to the usage of english noblemen ever since the days of the regency or else he has been a coachman to an english nobleman for he handles his ribbons with a felicity which none but a first-rate artist could achieve he is able-bodied and of a temperament most florid to behold the trimness of his triangular grey whisker is a study for the artist in hair he is clothed in a plum-coloured livery with large silvered buttons cropping out upon it in reckless profusion and to one side of his hat is affixed the aristocratic cockade quite a holiday coachman is he and meet to drive gingerly over pavements the sprightly wedding guests instead of which he goes driving for an establishment where matrimony is an unrecognized responsibility and the wedding ring scoffed at as a symbol of naught between the wheels of this equipage trot a couple of well-trained coach-dogs they are spotted creatures be it observed and so in harmony with the character of the establishment 
to which nothing that is spotless can ever properly belong and reclining upon the well-cushioned seats of this luxurious carriage you shall behold on those bright afternoons the portly dame who is here to-night on the charge of keeping a disorderly house she did not come here in her own carriage and coachy is now probably availing himself of circumstances at the establishment and pitching into the seven-dollar champagne for to-night the queen of the sylphs and her young lady boarders must lodge among the plebeian street cyprians in the station-house cells to-morrow it is hard to say what will become of her and how the thing is managed but you may bet on seeing her any day next week rolling in stateliness along the drive in the park coachy will touch his hat to her with his old affectation of respect and just as if my lady had never been descended upon for keeping a mall crib and some future morning or another you shall read in the papers of a fresh descent upon her establishment and a revival of the same little domestic drama in one act it is a real wonder how all this is done but done it is beyond the shadow of a doubt sometimes the station-house at night is the scene of tribulation brought upon ladies not exactly of the cyprian stripe but whose fast manners and free living entitle them to be considered leading members of the demi-monde these ladies live for the most part at hotels where they occupy handsome apartments and having plenty of money are free to the best of everything the house affords a descent may some night be made upon an aristocratic gaming-house in a fashionable quarter of the town the implements are confiscated there is a general sequestration of the chips and other effects the dealers and some twenty players are taken into custody and marched off to the station-house for the night among the captives note a very pretty young fellow with curly auburn hair and a complexion as fair as a woman's short of stature but graceful he is dressed in the height of the fashion and his hat sits jauntily on his crisp curls in a way that is very bewitching to see he is the most nonchalant of the group and puffs his cigar defiantly under the very nose of the night officer when the station-house is reached all the delinquents are committed for the night to be discharged with an admonition in the morning when brought before the sitting magistrate at such and such a police court but the gay young fellow with the yellow curls does not long occupy the cell to which he has been consigned somehow a message has been conveyed by him to somebody there must be spirits around somebody is here in a trice and there is an open sesame for the boy with the golden head or shall we say with the golden hand observe narrowly his figure as he goes leisurely away with the friend who has called for him it is very feminine in its contour especially about the bust well that is no business of ours mrs Blank is said to be a very fascinating person and her influence in certain quarters is unbounded sometimes she unsexes herself for a frolic in paletot and peg-tops and if she does how much worse is she pray than the lady godiva who cantered through coventry in a closer costume than that to the delight though subsequent grief of peeping tom in the lower wards of the city it is hard times for the patrolman at night 
loiter in the light of some green lantern that winks its jealous eye upon a groggery or pawnbroker's den and is reflected far down by the inky pool that stagnates under the very noses of the satellites of the law light your cigar and loiter here a little to see who comes along yonder in the dark there is a scuffle an exchange of blows and of language such as masters of deportment do not usually inculcate upon youthful gentility somebody has got the better of somebody else at least and here now they come a patrolman still struggling with a badly beaten ruff whose head he has been obliged to club in order to reduce him to submission they tumble into the station-house in a very exhausted condition the patrolman bleeding profusely from the face indeed he nearly faints away from loss of blood and on examination it is found that his nose has been nearly bitten off by the beast with whom he was in conflict the surgeon of the precinct is sent for in haste luckily he is on hand and the unfortunate patrolman's nose which remains attached to his face by only one frail corner of skin is skilfully sewn on by him to its place in time it is hoped to save disfigurement for life it is a pity that the crime of mayhem as this biting and maiming business is termed is not liable to extreme rigor of law six months imprisonment we believe with some paltry and insignificant fine is the highest punishment a court has it in its power to impose here as we watch in a station-house on the west side there is a great excitement and a notorious pugilist a man of herculean frame and fine proportions is brought in by a posse of policemen he is drunk and his language is blasphemous and obscene he may be an alderman yet after him is borne the bleeding body of his victim the patrolman who undertook to arrest him and whom he brave pugilist shot with a revolver in a cowardly spasm of mistrust of his own fistic skill the patrolman is not dead indeed and he ultimately recovers but has had a hard scratch for his life sing sing subsequently receives the pistol pugilist for a term of four years perhaps he has underground influence though and will be pardoned out at the expiration of two then he will be a made man for life his crib will be the resort of admiring members of the fancy the sports will crown him with the glossiest of laurels by and by he will be matched probably to fight some noted champion of the ring and will make a great splurge about it at first but finally he will back down on the objection that pistols are not in accordance with the rules of the london p r it is no uncommon thing for a patrolman to be brought into the station-house of his precinct at night suffering from some severe contusions or fractures of head or limbs he has been attempting to make an arrest of some burglar or rowdy on his beat and has been set upon by the gang slung-shot and sand-clubs are the weapons mostly in vogue with this class of miscreants and they have been trying them on this luckless patrolman's head the sand-club is a new and fearful weapon lately introduced into this country by the english ticket-of-leave men who settle down in our midst it consists of a long narrow tube of canvas tightly crammed with sand 
with this a skilful operator will tap an unsuspecting person on the crown of the head with sufficient force to produce immediate insensibility or even death and without leaving much external mark to betray how the injury was inflicted in cases where an officer has thus been set upon it is rare indeed that any arrests are ever made the officer is engaged with the prisoner and the attack is so sudden that he is knocked senseless before he has time to take observation of his assailants strange revelations of broadway are sometimes developed in the station houses at night there are places on broadway that are little dreamed of by the fashionable flaneur who pace it to and fro when it is all a tulip bed of gay colors on a fine afternoon there are cribs on fashionable broadway just as there are in broome or houston streets here on a charge of keeping a disorderly house a resort for tipplers thieves prostitutes and other abandoned and dissolute characters comes a fellow well known among the broadway sports his house is in a central and conspicuous part of the great thoroughfare on the ground floor there is a large concert saloon where pretty waiter girls do the honors of the establishment to the frequent comers rows are constantly occurring there long after quiet people have gone away into their first sleep of the night it is three o'clock in the morning now and there has just been a desperate fight in the place the police have been down upon it and have brought in the proprietor and one of his pals to-morrow they will be liberated on bail plenty of influential citizens will be found to go a fifteen hundred for them on that it was in this house that not long since a prize-fight took place in the open day a regular ring business with stakes and ropes and all that the police had information of it and broke in but there were no arrests made the principals and spectators all making their escape by getting through windows on to the roof of the adjoining houses and so clear away and at the present writing the establishment is in the fullest of bloom with its waiter girls and gaming tables and bad liquors and pickpockets and all the station houses at night afford but too many illustrations of the freedom with which the knife is resorted to by the dangerous characters who haunt every part of the city under cover of dusk the cutlery is always on hand and not a night passes but bright blades reek with human blood here we are in a station house not far from central park and a strong posse of police have just brought in no fewer than twelve roughs who were engaged in a stabbing affray that occurred an hour ago the scene of the tragedy was a porterhouse the proprietor of which is in custody among the twelve gambling was the origin of the affair it is not to be imagined that a porterhouse is a place in which no drink is to be had for the money except the mild malt beverage from which the designation of such places is taken the worst of bad whiskey and vile rum is the regular tipple in these resorts full of such stimulants these gorillas quarrelled over their greasy cards and the cutlery came into play very promiscuously some one of the party fought with a large dirk knife the blade of which was driven with such force into the forehead of another as to penetrate the brain from which injury death ensued in a few minutes the parties all irish 
as is sometimes the case where there is a fight and a murder and whiskey to command but it is not with the irish probably that the use of the knife as a weapon originated in this country though they seem to take it very kindly indeed on the continent of europe as is well known the knife is the favorite weapon of the bravo and the brigand italy has her cutlery always ready for a stab under the fifth rib the spaniard has his dirk somewhere about him you may depend and so has the wily portuguese our domestic negro here makes free use of it in his noisy broils over the gaming-board and the queer unclassified sailors belonging to ships in the port be they lascars or what not are ever expert with their bleeders come to the notorious cherry street quarter where all such do mostly congregate at night we shall wait but a short time in the station-house here i promise you before some swarthy fellow with blood upon his hands is hauled in by the police here come three all italians apparently and sailors and one of them requires the offices of the police surgeon with speed for he has been stabbed dangerously in the side they fought in a cherry street dance hall all about a painted siren whose charms had fascinated all three and one of them will be a corpse before the first ray of dawn struggles in at the hazy panes of the station-house windows the other men are stabbed also and it is probable that they will be sent on board their respective ships in the morning for they are all drunk and nobody can tell who struck the first blow and in this same neighborhood john chinaman figures not unfrequently in the station-houses at night there is no more avaricious or money-grubbing man in the world than john chinaman he worships his gains as he would one of his clay gods and it is over his money that his quarrels most frequently take place see here are a brace of them just brought in one of them dying from several stab wounds inflicted on him by the other they are not pleasant men to look at either of them and would not be desirable companions to go up in a balloon with if you had greenbacks for ballast and a tendency to fall asleep they have been fighting in their boarding-house money the cause the stabbed man offered to settle the matter in a face-to-face -face fight but the other declined the wager of battle and sat down in a chair soon after his antagonist came behind and pulled the chair from under him whereupon the cutlery came into requisition and john chinaman number one was stabbed to death with all precaution and the exercise of constant vigilance it is impossible to prevent suicides from occasionally taking place in the station-house cells not long since a fugitive from justice was arrested in this city charged with taking the life of a woman with whom he had been living in washington he was locked up in one of the city station-houses for the night on handing his supper into him care was taken not to furnish him with either knife or fork nevertheless when morning came he was found lying dead on the floor of the cell deluged in blood 
he had broken a piece off the tin plate on which his supper was served and with the jagged point of this had opened the main artery of his left arm and so cheated the law now and again at night the police make a raid upon the unfortunate cyprians who perambulate the streets the effort is usually spasmodic and of course has no permanent effect upon the reduction of the social evil on these occasions every courtesan who stops to speak to a man in the street is arrested and locked up in the precinct station-house for the night in these cases suicides are not unfrequent occurrences they are generally affected by strangling you remember how unfortunate miss bailey in the ballad hung herself one morning in her garters the tragedy is often realized in a lone cell at night some necessary projection or bar affords a point of resistance and another unfortunate makes away with her miserable existence by means of the impromptu bowstring immortalized by the balladist of the poor bailey girl among the strange contrasts often presented by the station-houses at night we should not forget to mention the lost children here comes a stalwart policeman leading by the hand a little one whose terror is too deep for tears or rather the little cherub has pumped the lacrimals dry already and there are no more tears ready for distribution yet it was found toddling round in circles in washington park hours after it should have been in bed and dreaming of santa claus not a word can be had from it as to residence but it admits that its name is maley and expresses a desire to go to mamma the little creature is comfortably dressed and belongs evidently to a french mother for on being addressed in that language it answered quite as readily as in english though nothing further can be elicited from it it is possible that it may have strayed away from home but the police will tell you that desertions effected in this manner are by no means of unusual occurrence this small waif shall not be locked up in a cell like criminals during the night it is ordered for transfer to the police headquarters in mulberry street where it will be taken motherly care of by the matron in charge of the department for lost children the number of little ones thus taken in charge by the police averages four hundred per month besides these there are foundlings left in baskets upon doorsteps or found swathed in rags in a corner of some vacant lot such are sent to the institution of charity and correction on randall's island whither the stray ones are also transferred unless claimed within a reasonable time the quarters prepared for the reception of these stray lambs in the great mulberry street building are fitted up with every regard to their comfort and here it is not unusual to find children who have by some accident strayed away from parents of affluence and position the police records show that for the year ending with october eighteen sixty four no less than ten thousand lost children were brought in and disposed of at headquarters and the several precincts six thousand two hundred and eighty one of them being males and three thousand seven hundred and fifty nine females 
this figure includes those that were claimed and taken away by their parents during the night end of chapter eight